The views and opinions on this station do not necessarily represent the Panhandle News Network, WEPM and WCST, or West Virginia Radio Corporation. Here we go! Welcome to Panhandle Live on WEPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Panhandle Live is brought to you by Sutton and Janelle Attorneys at Law. Visit their new location at 224 West King Street, Martinsburg, and online at suttonandjanelle.com. Here are your hosts, Jordan Nicewarner and Marsha Kavalik. Good morning. Welcome into Panhandle Live. Marsha Kavalik here with Jordan Nicewarner. It's another dangerous episode because... <laughs> He's got me over here on the board, so you might be hearing the sounds of silence. Is that still too loud? I don't think it's I think doing it a perfect so far. Panhandle Live is brought to you by Sutton and Janelle, PLLC. They're your full-service law firm, serving West Virginia and Maryland, helping individuals, families, businesses with all their legal needs. And uh, you can visit them in their new historic location in downtown Martinsburg at 224 West King Street or online at suttonandjanelle.com anytime. Welcome into the show. Jordan, how you doing over there in that seat? I'm doing fine. It's uh, it's always a little weird sitting over here. I'm not going to lie to you. It's definitely a different view of the studio, that's for sure. The visual here is because I'm so short. I, I do the stand and deliver. Most mm-hmm. of the time when I'm recording my newscasts and stuff, I'm just more comfortable mm-hmm. well, standing. When I was in broadcasting school, we weren't allowed to sit down at all unless you were in like the classrooms. When we were in our studios, I had to stand up the whole time. And if uh, one of the teachers came in and saw you sitting... Then uh, it was not a good thing. I just find it's better, like support wise, mm-hmm. diaphragm wise. Better for so. your for projecting. <laughs> yes, yeah. yes, absolutely. So, uh, taking all this in is our first guest in studio. Really appreciate him coming all the way over. Delegate Paul Espinosa, who is also the representative for Rockwell, which is what we're going to be talking about. Good morning. Good morning, Marsha. Good morning, Jordan. Good morning. Uh, we have uh, the kind of uh, stand up desks at Rockwell as well, where. You could either you know sit down or you can stand up, and and I've gotten uh, to really enjoy those. And it uh, mm-hmm. uh, now when my Apple Watch tells me that I should stand, uh, I can stand. <laughs> you're already there. They, they say it's a lot healthier for you to stand up when you're working. Yeah, I, I find this is the way it. anyone can see me when they're coming through them. <laughs> like, oh yeah, she is in her studio because she's standing. <laughs> so um, we we got a word that Rockwell is up and running. Why don't you talk about that? Well, really exciting week. Uh, this is our first full week of commercial production. Uh, you may recall that uh, in late uh, May, we actually uh, lit our natural gas fired furnace for the first time and started what we call the running in process, which is just, you know, checking all the equipment to make sure it's working properly. And uh, that extended uh, through June and during that period, we were actually making some product, but until we actually obtained uh, certification sort of product, we weren't actually able to begin shipping to, to customers. But uh, last Friday, we actually shipped uh, our first product to, to customers. Uh, I understand we had 21 truckloads of our Stobel insulation products uh, get shipped out, and uh, uh, the pace is quickening this week. And again, just a lot of excitement at the facility to finally be able to provide product that uh, our customers just can't wait for. The demand for Stonewall insulation product has just grown tremendously. 
uh, here in the eastern United States as well as throughout North America. And so this facility really couldn't come online uh, at a better time. It's really going to help us meet that demand. So you said you had a 20-some trucks uh, leave the facility the other day with your first really big load of the stonewall installation. So when you're really up and running and, you know, you've been going for a couple months, how many truck loads do you expect to, uh, you know, leave the facility on a day? Around 20? Well, we've estimated uh, that uh, once we're up at full production that if you consider trucks that are arriving at the site bringing raw materials and empty uh, trucks as well as those trucks carrying out uh, finished goods that we'll have about 115 on a daily basis but those will be spread out right. you know throughout the day uh, primarily between 7 a.m and 7 p.m is our typical shipping hours but uh, uh, we've taken steps to uh, try to minimize the impact on the community you know we've instructed our our uh, trucking companies to arrive via the Wilshire Road exit off of Route 9, which is a very nice uh, uh, exit there, uh, allows them to arrive at the site without passing in front of the nearby uh, elementary school. Uh, so we're doing our very best to be good neighbors. And so far, it seems to be going pretty well. We're addressing those issues that come up on a case-by-case basis. And uh, uh, But um, uh, again, just really excited to be shipping uh, shipping product. And yet the protests continue. We've still seen some folks out on the the Mm -hmm. Route 9, um, the walking path, doing uh, sporadic uh, protests. How do you ease the minds of folks who still think, well, this is heavy industry. We've got, you know, particulates coming into the into the atmosphere. How do you guys um, allay those fears? Well, you know, we certainly acknowledge that there is some remaining opposition. I, I, you're probably referring to, I think, the Friday protests. There's usually a, a handful of uh, protesters out there. But again, we certainly recognize that some folks, you know, uh, still uh, have concerns and, and perhaps will never fully accept a facility. But I think probably the best uh, indicator of the growing level of, of acceptance is the response to our hiring campaign. And we certainly appreciate uh uh, WEPM for their uh, uh, support of our advertising campaign in order to get the word out there. So far, we've hired 110 employees. Uh, we'll be ramping up to 150 once we're fully operational. Uh, we, at this point, are operating uh, with three shifts, uh, but we uh, fully anticipate that uh, at some point we'll probably add a fourth and a fifth shift uh, mm-hmm. to kind of include some of the weekend hours. And so, again, the response has just been strong uh, and the caliber of the employees we've been getting. It just really blows us away. A lot of our key employees have tr- have uh, traveled over to either our European factories or one of our other North American factories to complete their training in uh, they've gotten tremendously high marks from our supervisors at those facilities. I mean, they just have gone on and on about the work ethic, uh, just uh, the caliber of the employees we have. So again, I think that's really indicative, Marcia, of the of the acceptance of the community. I mean, I, I don't think you attract that kind of a workforce mm-hmm. if folks don't feel you know good about the facility and. As we've had stakeholders come through the facility, and, and we've welcomed stakeholders, uh, you know, whether for or against the, the facility, we, we've welcomed them. And as they've been able to actually see the facility, I think that addresses a lot of the concerns. And I think they realize that not only are we meeting uh, what are already very stringent federal and state uh, requirements, uh, we are far exceeding those. And it's really a great news story. One of the best stories uh, associated with the facility is the fact that uh, while this facility will use quite a bit of water, about 125,000 gallons per day, our goal is to have 90% of that be rainwater. Mm-hmm. We have two stormwater collection ponds uh, on on site designed to collect water. And rather than rely on the local water utility, 
our goal is to use rainwater. Uh, so that's just one example how, you know, we're trying to make this facility uh, very sustainable. And I think it's fair to say that this facility represents the most technolo- technologically advanced stonewall manufacturing facility in the world mm-hmm. right here in Jefferson County. So I think it's a, a facility that folks, as they learn more about it, as they're able to actually see it, uh, I think they could be very proud of it. And then speaking of the particulate, which the particulate matter, which seems to be really the big uh, button topic for a lot of people. I remember you saying the last time we talked that you had, and I can't remember the whole length of the name, but uh, the like wet the precip- wet yes the yeah yeah, yeah. We the precipitator it it's a lot easier yeah 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 it's the wet electrostatic precipitator and then for people that aren't going to be familiar with what that is uh, what is that doing for the particulate matter that you know everybody is uh, as worried about as they are well we're utilizing several uh, different types of emission abatement technology mm-hmm. and it begin again because this is the the newest facility uh, it represents the best uh, abatement technology in the world the West that you referred to right. is really designed to capture the particulate associated with the curing operations. That's where the stone wall insulation, after the uh, stone is melted, it uh, uh, is formed into a blanket. It uh, travels through a curing oven. That WESP is designed to capture any of that particulate mm-hmm. uh, matter, particularly the PM 2.5, uh, which is strictly regulated. And the WESP that we're using is recognized as the best available control technology in you know in the United States mm-hmm. and certainly probably the world, uh, it actually captures that particulate in a wet, uh, electrically charged environment. Uh, it'd be a pretty neat science fair project, I think, <laughs> yeah. because it, it essentially assigns the particulate uh, a charge, and then the electrostatic filter has an opposite charge. And you know what happens with right. opposites, they attract, mm-hmm. and it results in a very effective abatement technology. And we're also using very effective abatement, abatement technologies in other areas of the facility to where uh, our permitted our permitted uh, emissions are uh, well below you know what uh, the EPA and the DEP uh, allow but our actual emissions will be significantly lower than that. And of course, you recall that about a year ago, we announced that we're not using coal at the facility. Uh, and as a result of using 100% natural gas uh, with no coal in the, op- in the operation. And how are you getting that to the plant? Uh, through pipeline. Uh, Mountaineer Gas has extended a pipeline down to the facility. But that's resulting in uh, what we estimate is about a 30% reduction, further reduction in CO2 emissions. So Again, this is really a state-of-the-art facility, uh, including the abatement technologies, which will ensure that we will be well, well below our mm-hmm. permitted uh, emission levels. Paul Espinosa is with us. He speaks for Rockwell. They have their uh, plant up and running. Uh, not 100% workforce yet, but it, they're uh, sending out truckloads of Rockwell insulation. couple questions. Sure. Where do you guys get the rock, and uh, who's buying the Rockwell insulation? Sure. Well, the uh, the raw materials, uh, essentially volcanic rock, uh, our goal is to source those as close to the facility as possible. What's now, the closest volcano? <laughs> well, <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, of course, volcanic rock is available throughout the different areas of the United States. But you can only mine it from a volcano. An active volcano. Yeah, yeah, by hand. Okay, now you're making fun of me. Go ahead. Answer your question. So, Sorry. again, our, our goal is to source it as close to the facility as possible. However, when we are starting up a new factory... Uh, the goal is to minimize as many variables as possible. So during this running end phase, and the running end phase will continue for several months, you know, even now that we've started commercial production, uh, we typically are using the same source materials as 
an established uh, you know source that we have. Mm-hmm. So in this case, we're actually utilizing uh, the same vendors as we are for our Mississippi facility. Our uh, basalt, which is one of the primary uh, uh, raw materials that we use, I believe that's being sourced through North Carolina. But again, over time, once we stabilize the operations, once we're very confident that everything's working exactly uh, as they should, we will uh, continue to try to source our materials closer and closer to the facility uh, so that, uh, again, we can minimize the uh, transportation associated with those facilities. As far as who's buying it, Pretty much everybody, you know, mm-hmm. residential, commercial, industrial. Uh, this uh, facility is ideally situated to serve the Northeast United States. So that's going to be where most of our product uh, will probably end up. However, uh, we're seeing a tremendous demand for our products, you know, throughout uh, the country and North America. So we will ship product, you know, wherever it's needed. Uh, our customers uh, range from residential customers who may be going to their local box store or local uh, construction supply store for, you know, wall insulation, for example, or comfort bat uh, insulation, uh, very popular. Uh, probably one of the uh, main uh, benefits uh, that uh, our customers are looking for is the non-combustibility of our product. I mean, you could literally light a flame under our insulation and you know, it, it won't uh, catch fire. And as building codes uh, increasingly uh, specify non-combustible materials, you know, our product is ideally situated for that, which I, th- I think has led to some of that increased demand. The other customers are the building supply stores you know, uh, that are supplying the construction industry, and so we're pr- providing product to them. The other big uh, benefit of our product is the acoustical performance, and of course you all here in the <laughs> studio can appreciate the value of mm-hmm. good acoustics. Uh, the sound absorbing qualities of our stone wall is excellent. So if you're remodeling a family room, for example, you want to make sure your main cave doesn't interfere with the rest of the house uh, when you have uh, uh, your music or your movie uh, cranked up. Uh, Stonewall insulation is a great product to utilize in that. And you can just go to a store and buy a roll of it like you buy any roll of insulation. Uh, just like I could go buy some right now. Uh, you can. Uh, you know, it's, it is it is a premium insulation, so right. not all stores have it, but uh, your Home Depots, your Lowe's uh, typically do have it, in, in, particularly in the mid-Atlantic, northeast United States. Uh, uh, most of those areas do. Uh, so you can do that. Right now, you know, the big challenge is getting it. And I right. think that's one of the challenges you're having with building materials in general. It's just a, a tremendous demand as a lot of do-it-yourselfers are doing some remodeling as a result of the pandemic. Other uh, construction products are are really ramping up. And so that, again, is uh, why this facility couldn't come online at a better time. It's really uh, going to be critical in helping us meet that growing demand uh, for quality stonewall insulation products. Now, I know you said you've got 110 employees at the the factory right now. Uh, You're looking to hire some more. Is that an ongoing process then? Folks can still log on and and, uh, apply? Absolutely. Uh, There are a number of positions that we're still uh, trying to hire, particularly for our second and third shifts. And and one of the, I think, the key uh, attributes of our hiring program is that we do offer fixed eight-hour shifts. You know, I was talking to some of our uh, line uh, colleagues here just recently and, you know, was asking them how they were uh, enjoying, uh, you know, working for the facility. And they said, we love it. You know, we, mm-hmm. we love having a fixed shift as opposed to some of the swing shifts that some other employers, uh, you know, offer. Uh, the 
specific roles that I understand that we're still uh, recruiting for are general operator, which is an entry-level operator position, uh, a warehouse person. Uh, those would be folks, uh, particularly forklift drivers, uh, that are helping you know actually load the uh, the product onto uh, trucks. Uh, machine technicians, uh, obviously uh, involved in helping to maintain a lot of the equipment in the facility, and then electrical and instrumentation uh, technicians. So um, if uh, they go to rockwell.com slash radio, I think would probably be the best way. That uh, gives us credit. Uh, there you go. And they can find more about those, uh, those uh, roles and, and actually apply. We'd love to hear from them. Anything else? Any, anything else you want to talk about uh, regarding Rockwell in the community? I will say you do have a nice bike path uh, that leads down that road. I was venturing around the other day. Yeah, and went over the bridge to see what was over there and sure. didn't realize that, that was uh, where the facility there was. Is, yeah. There was a nice little uh, bike path all the way down there. Well, we're actually in the process of building a bike shelter right there at the entrance, the main entrance to the facility. So employees who uh, do want to take advantage of the bike path, uh, they could literally ride their bike right up to the door get closer to the door than virtually any other employee. Um, and, you know, we have heard that there are some uh, subdivisions that are under consideration, actually fairly close to the factory, uh, across the way, uh, the old Tabler st- uh, station. Uh, I, I think I'm, uh, I'm uh, Tackley Mills, but I meant to say uh, there was a uh, formerly uh, proposed uh, development there, but I understand that might be getting a little bit more interest now. And mm. uh, that would literally, I think, actually – make it feasible to where if you wanted to actually bike into work, you could do that uh, fairly, fairly short uh, bike ride. That's probably about the only way that I could, I could get there on bike. But that, it would have to be probably a fairly short bike ride. Well, Paul Espinosa, thanks for making the trip into the studio today. Well, appreciate the opportunity. And again, I uh, would love to have you both uh, down to see the facility for yourself. Let's Absolutely. do it. I hear they've got a, a rad snack center. Hey, that's all I need to hear for a visit. It's a good <laughs> snack spot. We'll hook you up. All right. <laughs> More Panhandle Live after this quick break, and I'm pushing that button. Yep. From Pawpaw to Harper's Ferry, from Martinsburg to Winchester, it's Panhandle Live with hosts Jordan Nicewarner and Marsha Kavalik. Hey, that would be us. Marsha Kavalik, Jordan Nicewarner here. You're doing great. Our foray into radio fun is brought to you by Sutton and Janelle. They're your full-service law firm serving West Virginia and Maryland, helping individuals, families, businesses with all their legal needs. You can visit them in their new historic location, downtown Martinsburg, 224 West King Street. They've got a basketball court and a pool. Right, but, I mean, I don't think right when you like, walk in. I don't think that's part of like the initial you know, visit. Oof, but wish we had that here. Isn't My that goodness. cool? And you can visit them online, suttonandjanelle.com. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for, uh, if you're here just for the train wreck. Thanks for joining us. <laughs> oh, I think you're doing fine, Marcia. Don't don't say don't talk like that. And folks can can revisit this. They can listen again by going on Panhandle Live on our Facebook page uh, later on this afternoon, right? Yeah, I do. Joining us in studio right now, a friend of the program, Michael Walton, with the West Virginia Eastern West Virginia Community Foundation, and he's brought along Kristen Alexander from the Potomac Valley Audubon Society. I'm pretty sure you've been on these airwaves as well. Welcome in, you guys. Thanks very Welcome. much. Thanks. We always like it when the guests bring a guest. So, Michael, I'll let you uh, introduce and well, why. The reason I'm here is um, the Eastern West Virginia Community Foundation is the host of the Two Rivers Giving Circle, which is an organization, kind of a loosely uh, arranged organization of donors who have created a fund to support 
historic preservation and natural resources conservation in the three counties of the Eastern Panhandle. And every year, the members of the Two Rivers Giving Circle each contribute $500. Of that, 400 goes out in grants and 100 goes into the endowment. And um, every year they have a picnic and they recognize one or two individuals for their work in conservation and preservation. And Kristen is the executive director of the Potomac Valley Audubon Society has been there for years and has done a remarkable job with that organization. And she is being honored as the 2021 Conservationist of the Year for um, the, the Two Rivers Giving Circle. So we're real excited about that. We can um, do better than that. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. So to talk about that, I'm sure this is an honor, but I'm sure it's a lot of work went into this. <laughs> well, it is definitely an honor. Um, I've been um, privy to seeing who has been honored over the years um, through the Two Rivers Giving Circle, and it's a fantastic group of people. So I am absolutely honored to um, be one of the two recipients right. for this year. Uh, Grant Smith is going to be the other recipient who has just done phenomenal work. Um, through the land trust of the Eastern Panhandle. So um, I'm extremely honored to uh, be receiving this award this year. And and one of the reasons that Kristen was chosen is um, she leads a group that um, has four properties in the Eastern Panhandle that does great educational programming in the summer for kids and for adults, um, a naturalist program, just all kinds of wonderful things. And about four years ago, they were gifted the uh, Cool Spring Preserve in uh, southern in southern Jefferson County, and um, we're delighted to have an endowment to help support that facility. It's a beautiful facility that Linda Case um, was able to uh, oversee for years. It's a property that she owned, and she um, made sure that it was. I passed on to a great steward. So we're pleased to be able to support that as well. Yeah, they've been, and I should say the Two Rivers Giving Circle has just been phenomenal over the years. Every time PVAS either gets a new property, and like Michael said, we have um, four properties now totaling hmm. over 500 acres. And every time we get a new property, Two Rivers Giving Circle is right there to help us get it established, get trail signs up, get a new brochure made, uh, printed up so that our guests who visit don't get lost, which is always good. Very um, important. I've just, been one of those people before. You? Yeah, Very important. So you know how important that is. So uh, Two Rivers has just been a phenomenal partner in helping us get these properties open to the public and make sure that people have a safe and enjoyable visit without getting lost. And, you know, welcome signs and just interpretive signs, trail signs. Um, there, We're currently working on a boardwalk that will help keep people out of the mud. You know, important things like that. Right, absolutely. Um, so Two Rivers has just been a phenomenal partner. Um, and not just with the physical stuff with the properties, but they've helped us establish programs for those properties too. One of our goals of having these properties is not just being available for the public, um, but also using them for our educational programs with schools, scouts, um, uh, summer camps, just anybody who wants to come and visit and um, run with our programs as well. So it's just been a really wonderful partnership and they've been a wonderful supporter. Michael Walton with the Eastern West Virginia Community Foundation uh, is with us, as well as Kristen Alexander from the Potomac Valley Audubon Society. You know, in a year when we felt cooped up, it's been really nice to have green spaces, outdoor areas, and and preserved wildlife and interpretive areas. 
Uh, talk about how, you know, how the community has responded to your efforts uh, in a year like this. Yeah, well, you know, I have never seen so many people at our preserves. <laughs> I mean, when we were in lockdown during quarantine, um, you know, one of the things that was allowed was going out to exercise, you know, get out in the natural world, et cetera. And our parking lots were full all the time. I mean, that never happens. <laughs> and so to have so many people able to go out and use these green spaces for their own, you know, their own peace of mind mm -hmm. and just getting out and having a quiet place for contemplation and family time and just to feel safe but still be out of the house I think was really critical and the other thing I was so impressed with was people were so respectful um, at least at our preserves people were getting off the trail to give each other that six foot buffer um, people were just so careful and thoughtful yeah and the four properties that you have are very different and unique, um, really wonderful. Um, why don't you, could she talk a little bit about that? Of course. Yeah, I was, was going to ask. We want to. Yeah. <laughs> ah, well, good. So I was going to ask, where are your four properties at? Yeah, so I'll start west. Yeah. <laughs> so our westernmost property is our largest property. That's called the Eidolon Nature Preserve. And that's 365 acres on Ooh. the top of Sidling Hill. And so you go through Berkeley Springs, you go up over the mountain, you go through Great Cacapan, and up on top of the mountain is this um, preserve. It's actually a Nature Conservancy property. And then we have an agreement with them that we steward it for them. We manage it on their behalf because they're down in Elkins. Mm -hmm. So we're their local partner for that. And we have partnered with them to restore a cabin on top of the mountain. We have this, um, it's still it's still um, open to the air, but we did put a roof on it. It burned down many years ago. And so just to preserve the stone walls, we've now put a roof over it. But it gives shelter for hikers and things like that. So we have bears out there. Oof. We have um, amazing trails and boulder streams. And it's just a beautiful place. Great view um, looking back over Great Cacapum. Um, so about five miles of hiking trails there. Moving east, we have um, Stauffer's Marsh Nature Preserve, uh, which is in a conservation easement with the USDA. Um, it's a beautiful marsh. Um, it was farmland, and after years of the farmer's tractor getting stuck in the field, they decided <laughs> to put it in um, this uh, wetland rehabilitation program. And so it was actually the first of those kinds of programs in the state of West Virginia. And so it's a beautiful spot. Not as many hiking trails because it's mostly marsh. Fantastic place. If you're a birder, it's the place to go, mm -hmm. place to be. Um, it's right Burger. on Bat Creek. And so it's a great place for both Bat Creek um, access in terms of just this wonderful big creek running through the property and then also the marsh itself. And this year we have a beaver move in, so that's kind of exciting. Oh. Um, so anyway, we've got um, some trails throughout that, great wildflowers in the spring. So it's just a wonderful place to be. Moving east again, we have the Yankower Nature Preserve. That is also a Nature Conservancy property. That was the original property that PVAS began management. So that's kind of our, our little baby. Mm -hmm. um, and that was our sort of our first venue, event, you know, adventure into the land management realm. And so, a lot of a lot of people in Berkeley County very familiar with that because yeah. their kids have probably gone through there on a, <laughs> an educational hike, right? We do. We do have a lot of school programs there. That was our first location of a summer camp. So our first couple of years, we had boys and girls clubs coming out. We had scouts coming out, um, daycare centers, and then the schools. So we kind of ramped up over time. So that's sort of our, our first place where we began to partner with so all of those organizations and um, youth organizations. So we have a summer camp program there. We now have a pavilion 
We actually have a membership picnic coming up on Saturday um, where we're going to uh, celebrate Jean Neely's birthday. Oh, She's great. turning 90 on Saturday. Ooh, oh, so happy birthday. She is our founder, so we're very excited about that. Um, so anyway, that's the Yank Hour Preserve. And Jean, um, we've named the pavilion after Jean. Her efforts have been just stupendous over the years, um, getting that place up and running. And then moving east again, because I know we're on a time limit, um, moving east again, most recently, we have the Cool Spring Preserve, which Michael mentioned earlier today. It was uh, purchased by Linda Case, as he mentioned, and then she her vision was to turn it into a craft school. Um, and unfortunately, it just never quite took off as she was hoping. And after about 10 years, they decided, you know what? We just need to let let this go and let some other organization um, take on this property. And to their credit, one of the most important things for them was to for have some organization steward the marsh, take really good care of this critical habitat. It's a birding hotspot, um, rare species, threatened species. So it's a really important place for not just the Eastern Panhandle, but nationally. It's one of um, it's just one of very few places that has this this kind of marl marsh. So. So we were very, very pleased to be bestowed upon that, um, given that property. Um, So we, and just last year, Linda gave us an additional 50 acres. So it was originally 13 acres with this, um, with a little building that was the craft school that we've turned into a nature center. And then she just gave us another 50 acres last year to make it a 63-acre property. So Goodness. it's a much more um, significant a property now. And as part of that, we put it under conservation easement with the West Virginia Land Trust. So it is preserved in perpetuity. Nobody can ever mess with the marsh. <laughs> well, it makes sense that you have been honored as uh, one of the 2021 Conservation Award winners from the Two Rivers Giving Circle, Kristen Alexander from the Potomac Valley Audubon Society. And of course, Michael Walton with the Eastern West Virginia Community Foundation. If folks want to find out more about how they can help prop up these efforts of all of these um, endowments, how can they find out more? Uh, The best way is just to go on our website, uh, visit us at www.ewvcf.org, our initials. And um, there's lots of information about the different types of funds that we have, and they can certainly um, reach out to us, and we'll be happy to answer their questions. Well, thank you both for being making the trip, being in studio today. I do have one question. It's a little, uh, I guess, not necessarily off topic, but uh, being the Audubon Society, um, and it's mainly, well, not mainly, but you do a lot of bird watching, and you said birders and whatnot. Now, recently in the news, I saw where a lot of songbirds are just kind of dropping dead out of the sky. Have you heard anything more about that? I know it's some virus or disease that they haven't quite pinpointed yet. Right. It's still quite a mystery, but um, we have had a lot of inquiries about that. There have been some instances in West Virginia. Mm -hmm. Um, So we actually just yesterday, I believe, put a little newsfeed thing on our website. So at the very, very top bar of our website, there's updated information from the West Virginia DNR. Um, They are still encouraging people to take down bird feeders just to prevent the spread, any further spread of the disease, because that is a place where birds tend to you know, gather. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so we're keeping an eye on it. And if people are interested in sort of the latest news, um, the top of our website is a great place to look. And what's the website? www.potomacaudubon.org. Perfect. Well done. Good question. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's kind of scary. I mean, goodness, yeah. I've seen birds just on the ground. And I was wondering, uh, bef- a couple of weeks ago, I saw that. And I was wondering what was going on then on the news uh, the other day. I saw that. And it's, it's kind of scary, mm-hmm. especially with it being songbirds. I mean, my goodness. So stay tuned. Potomac Audubon Society will have whatever they know, whenever they know it, right? Absolutely. Thanks for being in, guys.
Thanks for having us. More Panhandle Live after this quick break. Hopefully Johnson & Johnson will uh, will hang on and we'll, we'll catch them after the break. You're listening to Panhandle Live. Live and local, it's Panhandle Live with hosts Jordan Nice Warner and Marsha Kavalik. Welcome back in to Panhandle Live. Marsha Kavalik, Jordan Nice Warner. We have had a jam-packed show. It continues now with not one, not two, but three guests joining us by telephone from Johnson & Johnson. Welcome in Jason, Caleb, and Dale. Hey, hey guys. How are you guys? How are you doing? What's going hey, on, good. fellas? Yeah, Caleb's here today. He's my son, actually, and he's taking care of uh, with the Humane Society, the pet, the pet of the week. So um, he can brief us on that. All right, well, let's start with you then, Caleb. Who's who's up? Who's the pooch of the week? All right, yeah, yeah. So our pet of the week is Diamond. Uh, she's a basset hound mix, um, and it's kind of uh, – she, she's really good with other dogs, cats, and, and kids, so she's just a really good family dog. So they're really looking for a home for her, uh, and I think – she would be great, it sounds, for any family. And you can check her out on our Facebook. You can see a, a post and a link to the Humane Society. And uh, we're also happy to report that last week, our pet of the week, Raven, was actually adopted. So, oh, nice. oh, that is awesome. Yeah, things things are, are going really well. So uh, we're, we're really happy with yeah, the result. Awesome. I'm refusing to look at the picture no, of looking. the dog because I'm, I'm I have invested. a crazy soft spot for basset hounds. <laughs> and if I see big old ears... Uh, it's going to be not good for uh, my bank account with dog food. Buying. I'm not going to flip this over then and show you how cute she is. <laughs> I can already imagine. <laughs> they have the coolest barks. We were over at the radio station yesterday. They looked like you guys could use a pet over there. Yeah. Right? We Yeah, we need a mascot. Absolutely. Can we uh, Can we get you to say that again so we can record it? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think it's really cool that you guys are using your influence to help out these innocent uh, pets, and we know that, that you know there have been some rescues, uh, major events in the in the area, and I know there's a trickle down effect uh, for how crowded some of the area animal shelters have been. So if we if we can help move one or two of those animals out, it feels like uh, we've accomplished something, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. yeah. Anything we can do to help get the word out, I think every little bit helps. Well, let's talk about uh, this this scorching heat. I Oof. I tell you what, there are a couple days this week. I just Sat in the house with the drapes drawn and let the AC do its work. But if the AC isn't working, who do we call? Give us a call. Um, you can call us at uh, 681 Comfort or check us out on our website, jnjcomfort.com. Um, we'd definitely be happy to help you. We got a few extra technicians this summer. So we're, we're ready. Um, give us a call. We'll take a look at it. So say your AC unit or your HVAC unit goes out uh, on a day like today, right? Uh, in that meantime, between, you know, uh, the AC going out and then, you know, you or your technicians coming out to fix the problem, what are your you know suggestions on how to kind of ease the time between then and then? Like you're taking everything out of the refrigerator, you're leaving it in there, you know, things <laughs> along like that, those lines. The first thing to do is they should check their filter, make sure it's clean and replace that and check to see if the system's frozen up. If it's frozen, it's got ice on the outdoor unit or the line set or, or the coil, then, then turn it off, actually, because it's not doing you any good. Um, and then when our technicians get out there, if it's, if it's frozen, they can't look at it anyway. They have to thaw it out. So that's the first thing they should really do is check that, those things out before they do anything. Yeah, if you, if you they give you some temporary relief, if you have ceiling fans or some box fans, you can even turn the fan on the system if the indoor fan's working just to circulate some air. 
Um, you know, it just depends on the day. The other day when it was, what, 95, 98 degrees, mm-hmm. uh, you know, opening the windows didn't help. <laughs> right. There wasn't a whole lot to do there. Um, we do have uh, loaners. If um, you've booked a service call with us and we can't get to you right away, if it has to be the next day and you have to wait a day, we have loaner ACs we can give out. So um, if we have somebody, we'll have them run them over to you or you can come pick them up. But uh, we'll, we'll yeah. definitely do what we can to get you some temporary relief until it gets fixed. So um, I know Dill always comes with some great um, savings. So what's going mm-hmm. on right now this summer? So right now the Lennox offers a program just started this week on some rebates. Um, there, so there are some rebates, but we always have our great financing options, which is 60 months with no interest with equal payments on qualified equipment. Um, but it's, you know, there's, there, right now there's not as many rebates and things out there because it's so hot and it's a, it's a need type thing. So. Um, we do have some cool things. One thing we really want to talk about is the Feel the Love program, which I'll let Jason talk about, but that's something we're really excited about this summer. Yeah, so we're looking to get our nominations in for our Feel the Love, which is where we uh, partner with Lennox uh, Heating and Air Conditioning to install a new heating and air conditioning system, and that's going to happen in October. But we're looking for people to send us in nominations um, so we can pick a, pick a recipient for this. We need to have all our nominations in by the end of August. Now, what are so, some of the uh, guidelines, if there are really any, for the Field Love campaign, if you are looking to nominate somebody? So they need to be here in the, really, we're looking for somebody in the Morgan, Berkeley, Jefferson County, here in the Eastern Panhandle. Um, it's, and it's really, there's no specific guidelines. You know, we really don't want anybody to nominate themselves. This right. is about somebody that you... Uh, Notice that really has gone over and beyond for their community. They've really given back to their community, and this is a time that we you know we want to give back to them. Right. And uh, somebody you just think is very, uh, what should I say, deserving, deserving. of the situation. Yeah. And, and it's really a need thing. So first, they have to need it, and then secondly, you've got a, you know, someone that that maybe down on their luck, but but not necessarily. It could be somebody that has given for years to the community. And it's time for us to get back to them. So, so that's what we're looking for. So, you know, we not only come in and replace their heating and air conditioning, but we, uh, our whole company comes out, donates their time. Um, we donate materials. Uh, last year, I think we remulched, mowed grass, cleaned gutters, replaced the garbage disposal. Um, <laughs> whatever toilet, needs to be done in their house, stuff. you know, we're giving them a whole day of about 20 people for Free labor. labor. And uh, we're just, it's a great time. Have a big lunch. Um, bring lunch out, feed everybody. Great time. That's awesome. Love that you guys do that. And, of course, the deadline, August 31st. How can they find out more information about that or uh, any of the other inf- uh, details, the deals, uh, the dog of the week that you guys have talked about today? Go to our website at jnjcomfort.com. Um, on there, it'll tell you about everything. It even has a place to go check in to nominate somebody for the Field of Love program. Um, all that information is there. We also have a little JD's fun giveaway coming up. So yeah, so that's that's a, we'll say something quickly about that. The JD's giveaway is is for four passes to the uh, fun park or the water park. Um, but we're gonna, you know, if everybody could go to our Facebook, go to our website, and check out our Facebook page, and then share a comment of your favorite summer activity, and we'll pick a winner coming up on the 23rd of on our Facebook live page at noon. 
So uh, it's a free little giveaway. So if you're interested in that, please check us out. And that should be on our website as well. Hopefully we'll get that on today. That Very sounds cool. awesome. Well, Jason Johnson, Caleb Johnson, and Dale Waite, thank you so much for joining us from Johnson & Johnson Heating and Air. Thank you guys for having us. Absolutely. Bye-bye. Bye. <laughs> All righty. That was awesome. And you still haven't looked at that dog picture. Nope. I refuse to look at it. You're not going to do it. Uh, Basset hounds are my kryptonite. <laughs> Especially puppy basset hounds with those big eyes and the big ears. and Diamond is adorable. Mm. Yep, I'm not going to look at it. Okay, all right. Refuse. Well, um, so we're, we're nearing the end of our Panhandle Live excursion. How did I, I do? You did pretty good. You did better this time. Okay. So onward Still some, and some work, some work that needs to be done, but uh, all in all, pretty good. <clears throat> can't well, complain. Can't, can't complain, and you're doing a really good job shepherding me, shepherding me through and not... Um, Giving into the temptation, just leap over and grab the board. Uh, sometimes you just gotta let them uh, figure it out on their own, you know. And that that would be me figuring this that, out. That right? would be that would be you. Speak. Yep. Okay. All right. So, of course, we appreciate you listening in uh, to Panhandle Lodge Day. We appreciate Sutton and Janelle uh, sponsoring all of this fun, and mm-hmm. you can hear this whole broadcast again with all its words. <laughs> By going to our Panhandle Live Facebook page later this afternoon. Absolutely. No, I think you did good. All right. So do I Do I start all of this? Yeah, now you can hit that space bar. There we go. There you Thanks go. for listening to Panhandle Live. <laughs> one, one more weekday tomorrow. You're, you've been listening to Panhandle Live on the Panhandle <laughs> News Network from Martinsburg. Na, 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 na. Soft and soaked in pain I heard the echo from his secret hideaway He must have forgot to close his door As he cranked out those dismal chords And his four walls declared him insane Martinsburg and WCST Berkeley Springs. This is the Panhandle News Network, a West Virginia Radio Corporation station.